Welcome to From Uniforms to Unicorns. This podcast is all about our experience as female corrections officers, our challenges, our triumphs, and our transitions out of the career. Lauren and I have always had a significant bond friends, moms, and business owners that happen to be in prison. Life attempted to separate us, but we always found a way back to each other through huge life milestones, tragedy, and random text messages saying, I thought of you today. We know there's huge curiosity surrounding these topics, and we aren't the only ones that struggle. There are also incredible stories just waiting to be shared, and we want this to be a safe place for us and you to talk about the often unspoken world of corrections. Grab a coffee, head out on a walk, or just take a break. Let me warn you, we have no idea what we're doing. From uniforms to uniforms. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Lauren. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. Nice two, pod- two podcasts in a day, my yeah, friend. We're going for two a days now, right? <laughs> yeah, we're just going to load them up. <laughs> uh, we're, we're so excited to be here tonight. We, um, we coerced, maybe, or harassed <laughs> um, the guests that are here with us today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Shelly and Naomi, and uh, we were fortunate enough to work with these two lovely individuals when we worked at Edmonton Institution for Women. So we um, bothered them enough that they finally agreed to come on <laughs> and chat with us today. So thank you, ladies, for being here so much, so much. Uh- so good yeah we've been harassing since last season so we're pretty excited so um i'll start with shelly so um tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you um into the world of corrections yeah sure um just to clarify it was more of an invitation than a harassment i think but um um, my my name is shelly and uh i am uh Married with uh, twin boys. That's uh, my <laughs> private world. And so it's been quite a challenge of late with the homeschooling and such. Mm-hmm. But uh, with respect to corrections and how I got here, um, when I was going, uh, all of my work history uh, leading up to my introduction to corrections was largely connected to uh, victims of violence. So I spent a lot of time working with folks who had been victimized sexually or domestically. And so I was given a chance when I was in my doctoral program to do a placement at uh, the Edmonton Institution for Women, a practicum placement there. And I thought it would be a great way to kind of uh, reach out and and broaden my practice a little in terms of actually starting to work with folks who uh, engaged in violence. Uh, Perhaps they themselves were a victim as well, but, but that they start, but that they you know, committed violent crimes. I thought that was just kind of a a stretch that I could make. And then I was given an opportunity to do a doctoral internship at the parole office where I worked a lot with uh, violent guys, um, uh, folks who had, uh, you know, refused treatment when they were in prison and so were asked to meet with me when they came out to the community. And so I did a little bit of work there. And then I transferred uh, back to the Edmonton Institution for Women in 2006. So I've actually been doing this type of work uh, for about 21 years now. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it seems to have gone by in a blink of an eye. No kidding. (laughs) Wow. I just didn't know that. That's a long time. It is a long time. Good for you. So, yeah. And what about you, uh, or sorry, Naomi? When, what drew you to corrections? 
Uh, it's Shelly's fault. Um, no. um, <laughs> Might be a little. <laughs> a little bit. So I, um, I actually had my first interview with Correctional Services of Canada as part of an undergrad internship. Um, and I was interviewed <laughs> by two guys from Bowdoin. Oh, in, wow. a, in a hotel room downtown and they sat on the bed and I sat on a table and they asked me if I wanted to do an internship in their sex offender program and I was like no that's a hard no um, <laughs> and so I didn't actually end up coming to corrections until a little bit later so after I graduated um, from grad school with my master's uh, CSE actually offered um, paid, uh, not internships, but paid positions to do my hours for licensing. So awesome. I actually started as a provisional psychologist at EIFW in 2007. So oh, wow. the draw was that they would pay you to do your hours with them. They would pay you to do all the, um, the licensing exam they paid for and they paid all that so that they could kind of draw in psychologists and train them within the system. So I came for an interview and a tour in 2007 and Shelly was my tour guide. And she <laughs> me. Oh, and yeah, how awesome it was. <laughs> told me how amazing it was. <laughs> and how awesome <laughs> you're still here we are so she here got we are 14 years later yeah <laughs> you're, really both still there. you're still there shelly yes you're both yes. still there yeah. yes you're both crazy. are there that's crazy to us and so in 2007 you'd started or yeah. six and 2000 and so was the was the uh max unit built when you guys came in mm-hmm yeah, yeah, and, yeah, that's right. And you both uh, worked down there, or was it uh, you worked in the general pop, or both sides? Everywhere. Yeah, we typically work everywhere. At one point, we rotated from post to post or position to position. Now it's spread a bit more broadly. I think we're doing a bit of everything now. But we've all we've both done a rotation down in the max unit for sure. Mm -hmm. Twice. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, the max yeah. unit's a different a different place, right? Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. A different environment, shall we yeah. say? Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so and you both have uh doctorate in so you have your master's, Naomi, and then you have um your PhD. PhD. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. I was just, yeah, I heard you talking about, and then I'm like, oh, I should have said Dr. Shelley is what I should have said. No, that's fine. <laughs> I know. Uh, okay, so what's kept you here so long? What's kept you in corrections? Maybe that's a good question to ask. That is a good question. Naomi? It's the glory. It's the glory. No. Um, <laughs> I would say that I am never bored. Um, and, and I think that has really contributed that there's been lots of challenges and lots of different ways to do the work. Um, I would say that I really like doing therapy and I like that women's corrections in particular, um, allows us to do that with that particular population. And, and that's not necessarily available, um, within the men's system. So I think that's kind of kept me 
in women's corrections for sure. Um, and my people yeah. have certainly <laughs> contributed to um, wanting to continue to go back for sure. Mm-hmm. How about you, Shelly? Your turn, Doc. Yeah, well, I think, you know, honestly, there was a period midway through where I thought perhaps I need to leave. Um, and after I kind of overcame whatever that was, um, I really, I really enjoy going to work every day. I like, uh, you know, when I, when we work with a really challenging group of women, right, who've survived a whole lot of things and have done a whole lot of things. And I am always struck by their resilience, right? I'm sitting always across from someone who wants to do better or be better. And so that is uh, inspiring sometimes, just having that conversation with them. And I think I agree with Naomi. We work uh, in a in a great place. You know, we're surrounded by a lot of um, really good people. And I know that over the 20 years that I've been in corrections, I've broadened. You know, it's not just my sole work group anymore. That that's grown uh, into different work groups, and so it just feels like a better a better place. You know, mm-hmm. I, as you as you talk about like you know, sitting across from them and being resilient. And I've done other positions in different capacities with like women's shelters and stuff like that. And I'm almost envious of that relationship, right? Where we didn't get that. That no. was not that as a corrections officer, you don't get that. And sometimes you'd, you, if you worked a medium, a minimum, and you uh, carried a caseload, you would get a little tiny bit of it to see that humanity and mm-hmm. build a connection, but it was very rare that, yeah. Yeah, we're certainly in a privileged spot when we sit across mm-hmm. the table from them. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. I, I, I guess I I haven't thought about it for a really long time, I guess. So when you said yeah. that, I was like, yeah, that's a little, I love hearing, you know, crazy stories and hear like just the things that some of them have been through and you're just like, holy moly, right? Mm-hmm. Like just craziness. craziness. Yeah. And it was good, like like what you'd said, when you got a lifer on your caseload, because I remember coming in in 2002, having a lifer on my caseload, and it was like 10 years later, there's my girl, right? <laughs> but it was good because you knew their case and you knew how to break through and you knew like basically everything about them so it like that's you are building that relationship and if you've been Mm -hmm. in for that amount of time seeing those the strength right and like you're thinking how do you get through this and they they do because they're I know yeah because I mean I've been in long enough to know to see them leave too yeah and come back (laughs) and then leave and then come back right (laughs) (laughs) it happens it's all right this is the way it is mm-hmm. but yeah yeah you've been in long enough to see them leave and mm-hmm. and to start to work with them at the beginning of their sentence and then the, to watch them walk out the door that's that's something you know especially if they've been in there for a long time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so- I remember oh I, I was just thinking about someone who reintegrated um after like 15 years and I remember her saying like I don't even really know what a cell phone is, right? Mm-hmm. Like things like that when you worked with someone that long and you're like, oh God, welcome to the new world. If you've been in since like even 2007, mm-hmm. the world has changed significantly, right? Or two th- even 2010, I think is when like 
social media really started and iPhones came out, like things like that, I'd be be a scary place to go to after, you know, mm-hmm. not having any access to that for a really long time. For sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so during, with COVID and everything, are you guys still um, going into the institution right now? And what's that like for you guys? Uh, yes yeah right off the hop we were we were because we're technically part of the healthcare team we were declared essential so we have been going in the whole time um certainly changed a lot of how we do business for a while like when we were in what they deemed the red zone then we weren't like we put therapy on hold and we were just doing responding to crisis and then we were doing wellness checks in the houses so going in in full gear and um just checking temperatures checking general mental health and then um yeah just going into so you'd be in the full like the ppe full ppe yeah super therapeutic really really awesome when your <laughs> psychologist shows up in their goggles and their mask and their, oh. and their gown and their gloves and how how is the mental health around there with covid for for everybody for you guys even like what what's the census how what's the i'd say we spend a lot of time like i know because shelly and i have lunch together or whatever when we hanging out and it's such a strange thing to be like supporting our our people that we're working with through a pandemic while also trying to navigate it ourselves and we don't have answers and we're also overwhelmed and confused and I mean they're fairly contained in there and so sheltered from a lot of it and so trying to convey to them why we're doing what we're doing and what it looks like out in the community is is pretty interesting too yeah and i think from my perspective one of the great things that have come out of this covid thing is the fact that we do now um we've developed within our own department and it extends a bit a bit of a weird support group that we um have created where we have lunch every day well not every not anymore we're not allowed to but we, we gather and socially distance in the gym and, you know, have a break from our work day and just chat about silly things. And it's, mm-hmm. it started when COVID started. And like Naomi said, when we were feeling really anxious and trying to navigate what this might look like, and we would just start to gather. And it's just something that's continued on now for, I think, over a year now. So mm-hmm. it's just a really, you know, uplifting thing to, to do and certainly a good byproduct of of this COVID thing. <laughs> yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. That's like Sheridan and Maya's by- byproduct is the podcast. We're like, yeah, how right. do we connect with people yeah. and share our story and let them share theirs? So, okay. Let's podcast. Right. Yeah. That's let's kind of the, the silver lining that's coming of, you know, that for us. Oh yeah. That's very cool. How, how, how do you deal with your mental health? Because you're both psychologists, right? So it's like, I feel like people always think, well, you got this figured out. You'll never yeah. go through anything. Tell us. Yeah, we want to know. <laughs> All the people want to know. 
You have to talk to the people who know us best. They may have a different. <laughs> I think you know when I think about what I try to do when it comes to my mental health is one of the things that I set really early on in my career was uh, firm boundaries around work and home, and uh, the fact that I worked in a how's that with COVID? Yeah, <laughs> it's gotten hard. That's <laughs> That's Sorry. one boundary. I actually have a laptop now where I, I have never had in my career before. So I'm being yeah. asked to do work from home now, um, but that's new. Yeah. Um, and prior to that, I would not take any physical kind of work home with me. And so when I was at home, it was not work time. And that I think was really helpful to have set that pretty early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, um, the other thing that, and again, it comes after my boys were born for some reason, this is where the shift really changed for me in terms of my priorities and where I wanted to spend the energy that I had. And I used to go to work, like I think most of us do, kind of commenting or ob- observing about what what others could be doing differently um, and how we could do things differently. And I gave that a bit too much attention, I would say. And after my boys were born, I just, it stopped mattering anymore. Those things, not that they didn't matter necessarily, but I stopped letting it occupy a lot of space in my head. Mm-hmm. And then for me, it was just a matter of, of really going in, believing that people that I work with are truly doing the best that they can at any given time. And so am I. And once I developed that true kind of change in attitude, it really shifted for me in terms of my wellness at work. I, I was able to focus on my job and doing it well. Mm-hmm. And not worried about what everyone else is doing. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, please get it right. I, I'm of not, course. <laughs> but that shift was a really big one for me and keeping me healthy in the workplace for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think we do put a lot of onus on other people when we're, even when we're unaware of what, what we're doing, or maybe yeah. we, we feel like we're um, showing up at, 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 not better, but like, I'm giving it my all, why are you? But mm-hmm. their all is very different than your all, right? Absolutely. And energy yeah. and capacity and their mental Experience. health. All and experiences, right? That, yeah, experiences and yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Thank you for sharing that very much. How about you? How about you, Naomi? The doctor's very smart and stole all my answers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just be like what she said. What she said. No, a hundred percent. I think, and and probably Shelly was instrumental in teaching me that too, at some point is, is that idea of like, how do you set those boundaries and leave work Mm. at work? Um, And so things like, I remember going to training early and people talking about, you know, when you hear the click or when you um, close the door, when you get in your car, change your clothes, have the clothes that you only wear at work. And, um, and then, yeah, just doing a really good job of leaving it there as much as possible so that I can be present and okay here. And similar to Shelly, there's a significant shift that happened when I had kids just in terms of, priorities and what's important and and that it became I had this super fulfilling life at home so it became even easier to just kind of put all that stuff at home and really focus on these little humans and what really matters and that kind of thing and so I think that really helped too and I think 
um, having a really strong group of colleagues also has been really important in terms of my mental health, knowing that um, we have a shorthand and we have permission to go and, and check with each other and, and they understand in a way that lots of people don't. And so that also helps too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's such a huge piece. And I, I know like you both are in the institution. And in fact, there's many times when I'd be like, Oh my God, to both of you, I need a vent session. Doc, uh, you got to talk to me, talk me through this. Or Naomi, I remember um, I was with a coworker. We were on the max unit. We were putting the masks on uh, about to go into an incident. You were behind in the little room there and we were laughing our faces off and you were like, are you, you guys, are you good? And we were like, we're good. But the masks, like they were already contaminated with gas, but we were told to put them on anyway. And so I was looking like Naomi, like help us out here. Right. And we were all laughing and you're just like, as long as you guys are good and you're not going to lose it when you're out there I said, no, we're good. Thanks. Gut check. We're ready. Right. And off, off we went to respond and our masks were completely already contaminated with gas. So it was pretty, it was, I guess it wasn't funny, but now it is funny. Retrospect. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I know you're a runner, Naomi. Well, how does that play in taking care of your mental health? Um, very important, as it turns out. I would say that, that um, I still have a hard time calling myself a runner. Uh, I know, I know. know. It's a weird thing, but I do. I run a great deal. And I think that, yeah, certainly that has played a part. I have not always done a fantastic job of, um, doing that balance. And so I would say that when I am really in balance, running is happening pretty constantly. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty good outlet for me. And, um, it just gives me, again, it's something else to kind of focus on too, so that we, we leave work at work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and if you have that date from... set with yourself, right? Like yes. if you have those appointments and you have, how about you, Shelly? Is there any, like an outlet that you have that is your, a hobby? Uh, kids is a hobby. I mean, <laughs> you have twins. Uh, we are exempt. <laughs> That's a different animal in itself. <laughs> no, I used to, I used to be a runner, not anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, yeah, I haven't figured out that physical stuff yet, but mm -hmm. I haven't given up on that part as being something that's important for my mental health as well, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I, and I feel like my kids were like nine and seven when like Naomi's kids age going like, okay, now I got to get back into this. Right. Because you do put so much on hold and in a pandemic when you're homeschooling kids and trying to work, it's like, that's on the back burner for right oh, now. Yeah. And I'll figure it out when I'm in control of something. <laughs> Right. When I'm back in control of anything in my life, that is something I will pick up. So yeah. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. No kidding. It's, <laughs> it's huge though. And the, 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 the physical stuff, like I was saying as a runner, they, at least they can't take it away from you. Right. Like I'm a soccer player and I've played, I was thinking about it today. Like I've played since I was 12. Right. And this year it's been taken away from me. And I was like, I'm okay. Like I'm, you know, 
50 now. Maybe, maybe I can hang up the cleats. And then as the more I think about it, I'm like, I don't want to let it go yet. I'm still good at it and I can hold my own. So for the government or whoever to take it away from me, I was like, that's actually been in my life longer than really anything else has been right and it's a, a physical way to relieve stress it's a physical way to take out frustrations and now it's it's gone and I'm not ready or maybe I, I'm not ready to let it go maybe my my body might be but I'm not <laughs> oh, I don't think I am anyways that's what I was gonna say and um when, yeah, when we're talking about mental health like and the boundaries, because I know when I was working there, I would often try to like corner one of you guys or sometimes the our, our healthcare workers and be like, do you guys have a minute? I need to bounce stuff off you. Do you guys have that still with staff or is it mostly, yeah, you do, okay. Yeah, yeah, we for sure. I think that comes... Um, I would say like, especially during COVID, I would say in the last six months or so, I've been cornered by a handful of officers just saying like, I need a therapist or I need to talk to somebody or what do you recommend? Or Can do I do know that anybody? while I'm working? Can I? Because yeah. yeah. I don't really have time to do it outside yeah. of work. So can we do this yeah. now? <laughs> I can see that. And so I think that's one of the really, really important roles that we kind of unofficially fill too, is mm -hmm. that, um, that, we're kind of around for those kinds of questions or even just like I know this person do you have any recommendations or whatever mm -hmm. yeah like a resource for people to yeah. to go yeah. to and say like yeah cool that's awesome I don't, I don't know if I ever really vented to you guys. I don't think I, I would, I, Jill, Jill Joseph got most of mine down in A&D. <laughs> I walk past you, but I just go straight to Jill. <laughs> as long as you have a person, that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. As long as I have and, and a place to hide out for mm -hmm. 15 minutes. And yeah, no, no. Okay. What do we right got? Now, what else we got? Right now okay. in our office, we just have a big bowl of candy. So we just, and that, yeah. that's where everybody comes. And they come for the candy and there's a couch. That's how we lure people in. And a lot of hand sanitizer. And all, yeah. Uh, a lot. No kidding. Go you on. have to hand sanitize before you get candy. Yes. Yes, of course. In a oh, pandemic. Wow. So do you, are you guys PPE'd when you interview people? Not anymore. It okay. depends on whether or not they are on medical isolation. Right. If they come in and on medical isolation, we need to. Or if when we have outbreaks, we would be required then to be in full gear. But normally, no, just uh, just the mask and now uh, shield. Got you. Yeah. It's so hard. Yeah, it must be hard. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's, I've gotten used to it, and I finally found a shield after several attempts that actually works good. And so we wore some pretty unusual things for a little while. <laughs> I just feel like like mouth and speaking and expression and stuff like mm -hmm. that is so lost in those conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be a tough thing to. It is tough because I like even I would just like. I, I don't know I'm more expressive right so if something was going on I give like one of you two guys this look like 
oh, help me. Like, I'm not, I'm not good. Right. <laughs> Throw me a bone doc. Right. Kind of thing. So it was like... I think it's amazing how much we can adapt. I think. Yeah, that's true. That yeah. is true. And there's not really another option at this point. It's, you know, a global pandemic. It's, this is what we have to do to keep everybody safe. And the mm -hmm. fact that you guys still have to go in and do your job and do mental health checks and go in the houses and stuff like that. It's like, you have to, right. you have I, to do that. When it first started, I mean, that was one of my biggest concerns. I did not want to be the person to bring it in and yeah. impact yeah. the ladies who live there. And so that was a big anxiety for me at the beginning of all of this, for sure. And people are always asking me, well, how do people in prison get COVID? Aren't they like locked up? I'm like, there are people that work there. They, they're not there 24 hours a day. They leave and go home. They were like, are they getting visitors? They, the old people don't even get visitors. How are, and I'm like, oh my God, the staff go home every night. Like we don't live in trailers in the parking lot, like some camp. And they're like, oh, right. <laughs> like, we thought about it. We thought about it for sure. We were like, I don't want to bring it home. I don't want to take it yeah. away. We'll just sleep in our cars. It'll be fun. <laughs> I have nurse friends that ha that sleep in trailers in their driveway. In trailers. Yeah, I heard that. They're in trailers. Yeah. And I had I had a girl that uh, is a friend of mine in Calgary, and she had said, like, she put her trailer online last year, like in April. And she said within 15 minutes, they offered me $5,000 more cash than what I was asking if wow. they could come and get it that day. And his mother-in-law was staying in there on their driveway because she was their, um, whatever old folks home. You can't call it that senior center was, <laughs> was exposed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I call it that. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. We'll delete that out, Lauren. <laughs> oh, you guys are awesome. So, um, what else about the anything? Your mental health. Uh, what other things that can you tell us about? Either one of you. Shelly. We'll go Shelly. Sorry, Lauren, you're making a weird face. I'm so sorry. My kids came in the room again and I've made this really awkward for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally like, I know. And I thought, I thought she was signaling me. So I'm sorry. No. I, I'm the one who made it awkward. So <laughs> oh my god <laughs> trying to do a podcast with children home is not <laughs> ideal but i mean that's the reality of it yes. so here we are here we are oh <laughs> okay I, I want you to ask them our last ask them our last question because or okay. is that the last one or did you have another one no i didn't actually i i could i could ask the last question this okay, time go. i'm going naomi can go first and i'm gonna say what are you living for that's a really big question. It's big and it's deep. It's and deep. You can go first. Oh, okay. <laughs> what am I living for? So I would say for sure I'm living for my two little humans, my family. Um, I would say that, like we talked about already, that having them has really shifted perspectives and. Um, change how I look at the world, change how I do business, change what's important to me, um, made me want to work harder at my own mental health and um, 
as we're sitting here and we're talking about our mental health, I need to wrap myself out that I've been looking for a therapist for the better part of a year and I'm terrible at it because I'm full of judgment towards, um, towards other people in our business. Um, That's fair though. Right. And Uh, you know what? I'll tell you something real quick while you're on here, because we just uh, interviewed a guy this morning who constantly said, I've reached out for help again. Like every time he spoke, he said, mm-hmm. and then I reached out for help again. And then I asked for help yeah. again. And we were like, it's never the first time that you ask for help that you, that you get it right. That you yeah. get that spectacular right person, yeah. human who come. Yeah. And he said, he went through yeah. so many people who don't understand this line yeah. of work. Right. Like they should yeah. understand your line of work. I mean, come on, but, yeah. but not, <laughs> but they don't. yeah, but, and that's fair. And I think the reality is, I mean, so A, to be a psychologist to a psychologist, I can't imagine would be very easy. It wouldn't be my favorite gig at all. And then to to bring the world of corrections to another professional to to try to describe all the weird and wonderful things that we see and experience and um not break a fresh, lovely new therapist. Mm-hmm. Seems like. <laughs> how long have you been in? Seven years? Never mind. You can't handle this. You can't handle this. <laughs> yeah. Move on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All I need to know is how many years you've been doing this. No, no, <laughs> never mind. You're not my person. Yep. <laughs> no. That is absolutely a criteria that I look at when I look at their websites. I'm like, where? No, that's not going to happen. So yeah, I would say, yeah, in terms of what I'm living for, that um, my family, my people, um, they're what's important to me for sure. Awesome. Thank you. It's an amazing answer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, uh, I'll go one step further. I actually found a therapist. Oh, nice. <laughs> this is about a year ago, a year and a half ago. I actually oh, no. <laughs> made an appointment. Okay, so the therapist. psychologists have therapists, everybody. Everybody. So everybody needs oh. a therapist. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> So I go ahead and I make this appointment and it was scheduled for the next day. And I'm like, okay, I can drive what I thought was the hour to this appointment. I actually thought the appointment was in Camrose. And then the night before I realized, oh gosh, this appointment is actually in Canmore. (laughs) Canmore tomorrow. <laughs> and so I canceled the appointment and unfortunately I never I never pursued it again. But I found oh. perfect therapist for me. But she was too far away. <laughs> oh shoot. So <laughs> continues. So the search, the continues. search continues. Can I tell you, like, why? Why was she perfect? Give me a give me a reason why she was. She had been referred to me, uh, or someone had mentioned her to me, who was a psychologist who had also worked in corrections, oh, and so wow. she got vouched for. And then when I read her profile, she just seemed to to resonate with me in terms of how she did the work that she did, the particular type of treatment that she did. Um, and I thought, oh, yeah, I think I can work with this woman. Um, but yeah, I didn't want to do it virtually. So yeah, we've heard that lots. And we I know lots of people that are struggling with the whole virtual therapist, psychologist um, treatment 
um, stuff like that. It's, it's been a mm-hmm. tough one. I was just going to ask you, what about virtually? And then you, told yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to wait till Naomi finds one and then I'll just borrow. And you can just stay open forever because we're bringing all of our friends and you no yeah. longer have to look for anybody else. So. <laughs> I come with 17 other people just (laughs) (laughs) oh that's awesome I think that's so good to say right because lots of people you know are they don't want to ask they don't want to search they're they think they're okay and people that do this work need people to talk to too right people to Mm -hmm. bounce things off of or you know just vent to and talk to and learn more about themselves. I think that's the biggest piece, that awareness piece of mm-hmm. um, knowing where you are and where you're trying to go and how you're going to get there. And yeah, yeah. very cool. So if there's any psychologists out there listening, yeah. yes, <laughs> there's a niche market. <laughs> I'm traumatized <laughs> correction psychologists <laughs> who are looking for you. Oh, I well. You know, I'm I'm awesome. I might have a few names, so I will forward those to you because I know a lot of people in the first responder world that have psychologists and have actually done a lot of work to find them. So, um, awesome. lots of, lots of them are in the Calgary area, but I know a couple in the Edmonton area too. So, um, Ooh, yeah, I will, I will let you know. I'll let you know what I find. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Is there anything but, else? Oh, well, oh. no, uh, Dr. Uh, Bernard didn't answer really the question. She oh, just, you're... <laughs> yeah. just spoke on. Because <laughs> well, Naomi, the Naomi took my answer. Yeah, that's what I figured. I almost let her get away with it. Sharon. I know, I know. But <laughs> by where I write notes, that little part is empty. So I'm just waiting. Yeah. <laughs> no, for reals. I think it's, uh, you know, as I've shifted, you know, early in my career, I was just career focused um as i've gotten older and i've become very more family oriented now for sure in my focus and and i live for them i live to create a life for them um that is a positive one that's a healthy one where i'm hopefully creating little happy boys that's the goal um that's my goal anyway and so that's what i'm living for i think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, soon enough, they won't want to hang out with me anymore. Yeah, I yeah. say that uh, my youngest wanted to sleep with me last night. And I was like, yep, get, get it. You can yeah. sleep with me because yeah. next week you're going to be like, that's weird, mom. Get out of Thanks. here. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's so, it is so important because mine is two months away from being 13. So wow. the whole pandemic has afforded me this extra time with her. Right. And so before she's like, we went for a walk with, I'll give you the example. We went for a walk yesterday with Lauren because um, she was in Calgary. And I, I said to Summer, I'm going for a walk. I ask her to go for a walk every day and I get shot down, but I do it anyway. So I said, Lauren's in town. Oh, and I said, and we're going for a walk. And she's like, well, I'll come. And I'm like, pardon? Like, you never <laughs> want to go. So I told her that yesterday and she said, well, mom, I don't want to walk with you like in our neighborhood. So if we want to go like where we went yesterday we we can go there i'm like so you don't want to be seen with me right (laughs) (laughs) but the fact that she'll let you just drive her across town i know that's that's a good thing that's a step right good thing i thought you were gonna say it was me but (laughs) could have been she she likes you though because she was like these are all the things i liked about lauren and she 
said all the stuff, right? <laughs> She's like, you swear more than my mom swears, right? <laughs> <laughs> and my kids didn't fight, so that was a bonus. They say, yeah, she thought that was funny. And then <laughs> she's the like, first time my kids haven't fought in <laughs> their lifetime, I think. <laughs> they were well-behaved on that walk. <laughs> uh, well, uh, we so appreciate you guys. What, what are we at for time, Sharon? You're good? Uh, we're good. Oh, yeah, we're good. We're good. Um, Sharon, I got, I got a story I got to tell. Can I yes! tell a story? Please tell a story. Is it bad? So when we, it's about you. <laughs> so when we first, I was telling Shelly this the, the other day, because when, when you were first talking about coming on here, I'm like, hey, if I'm going on, I'm telling this story because it oh, killed me no. every Do time. It. I can't <laughs> wait for this. <laughs> so when I first arrived, because I was a tiny child at the time, um, <laughs> I remember being very intimidated by all the officers. And for those of you who, who aren't in the know, there's like a weird thing that happens for the first couple of years in corrections where nobody knows you. And so they all think you're related to everybody. So they're all inherently suspicious of you all the time. And so True. True. everybody's inherently suspicious of you. And especially because we're not uniform staff and we're mental health and, and, um, and so there's this like weird thing that happens. And so I'd been around for probably a couple of years, super intimidated by Sharon, um, but was like, I know my role. I know, I know what's happening. I'd started to get in with a couple of the officers. And then I remember one day I was standing in BNC. I was waiting for somebody and you walked by and you smacked me on the butt. And I was like, what just happened? And then I was like, oh, I'm in. I feel like that. I've been, oh, I've so been it, so. No, it was perfect. It was like a highlight of my career. I knew, I knew that I was in. I knew that I was accepted. I knew that if shit went down, somebody had my back. Somebody. It only took it was, you two years, right, to prove yeah. yourself? 100%. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love that. That's so yeah. funny. <laughs> now, what would happen if you did that to somebody? I know. So I different. Yeah. <laughs> maybe not to you but <laughs> oh I love that story that's awesome yeah, yeah it, that is true I feel like yeah you come in and you're like oh yeah who are you related to I do yeah. feel like that maybe it's so different now but I remember it being oh, like that's what I was gonna say back then it's like for when I first came in I didn't talk to anyone and then when you are cocky and cool because you've been through some stuff then it's like look down your nose at everyone right for the next 10 years <laughs> Walk around um, smacking people on their butt all the yeah, time. When yeah. two years after they've worked there, she's in. She's, she's all right. In. She's yeah. okay. She hasn't said anything that got any of us in trouble, so we're good. <laughs> so, what does that mean that I didn't get butt smacked? <laughs> There's still time, Shelly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man I oh, love that. you guys that's awesome that's awesome thank you for but sharing. that is also how we take care of our mental health because that's right oh my gosh if we didn't laugh at that place that's right, right. yeah that's huge mm -hmm. so big i know you guys have talked about it a lot but i think that that sense of humor thing has been really really important and mm -hmm. the fact that 
you can find your tribe of people to laugh at the weirdest place <laughs> for sure. Like morbid, morbid. And no, but no, no one else is laughing. So dark. No, right? <laughs> I I was at a table one night. It was like a wine tasting thing, and it was a psychiatric nurse, a mortician. <laughs> a police officer and me and i mean if there was a microphone in that table man that was some messed up shit at and it was like the conversation just kept going and there's all these people coming to our table and they're like whoa i'm out of here <laughs> like wow it just got weird and it was so but i, I love having those conversations sometimes i don't like to have them all the time but i mean when you can entrench yourself in those like black humor kind of things and mm -hmm. i feel bad for people who don't know that side of the world right like mm -hmm. i feel i don't feel fortunate that i do but i feel bad for people that don't get to have those little conversations and those funny little things that they've experienced with other people right mm -hmm. oh, yeah. absolutely well thank you ladies this was awesome this was so good i'm so happy you guys you know, agreed. decide to come on agreed after <laughs> yeah, Karen's, your like, checks. Karen's like, I'm going to message them again. Just yeah. I'm messaging them <laughs> today. The check, the check will be in the mail. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every Wait, time a gig? we would have, we would have done that way <laughs> earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a Slurpee coupon for it's some slurpee. Slurpee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> We work for French fries, just for future reference. Oh, oh. good to know. Good to know. Good, good to, know. to know. Who doesn't work for French fries? So honestly, yeah. <laughs> good payment. Okay, well, thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. Uh, considering us for having us, it was oh, fun. Yeah, it thank was very you. Fun. It was very good. I learned a lot from both of you. So mm. awesome. Um, have a great night. Well, that's all for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. You can find us on Instagram at From Uniforms to Unicorns, uh, on all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Speaker, all of those. Also feel free to subscribe. You'll be notified of new episodes that come out and we always love a review. Also feel free to share with anybody you would enjoy. We also want to send a big thank you to Jamie Green for being our podcast editor and to Jeff Bale at Third Hell Music for our soundtrack. Thanks again, everyone. Have a great day, love. Lauren and Sharon.